Dude, a ton. I mean, I moved into the new house, got everything situated, some stuff packed away, got the dogs comfortable to their new surroundings, which uh, anybody who's ever owned a dog can understand that when they move, they're very regimented creatures. It can be very stressful on them, and you may come home to just seven or eight piles of dog crap while you were at work for 10 hours. They aren't really piles. They're more puddles, if I remember correctly. Yeah, either way, it smelled awful, and uh, good old dad had to do some scrubbing. Busted out that new uh, Swiffer Wet Jet, which is awesome, by the way. They're not a sponsor. Please don't shout them out. We're not giving them free advertising. <laughs> like they sell enough. Oh, like, they don't need like, our help. They I'll need tell you it. that much. They don't need our help. So yeah, a little backstory on where we've been. Tony's been buying a house, and I've been um, been you know spending more Doing time with, with uh, my daughter because yeah, my wife is in uh, is in grad school. So. That is a lot of the delay on the show, but I think now that we're both sort of settled and comfortable into what we're doing, and I know I said this a month ago when we put out our last show, I actually think we should be a little bit more regimented um, with the show going forward. So, that being said, welcome back, listeners. Tony has a house. I have the same issues yes. I've had before, but I think I can uh, actually work around them. Tony stayed at my house last week because we went and saw Joe Rogan at Shays, but not before eating at 716, and that is... Uh, after we uh, bumped into one Daniel Cormier, not really bumped into. Yeah, we sort of saw him. We we saw him from about 15, 20 feet away. But wow, dude, just a, a thick guy, man. Like that guy in person, you're like, wow. You can see how that guy just destroys people. He's a he's about one point two pounds heavier than I thought he'd be when I saw him. Bill literally put him on a scale. Like, Excuse me, Mr. Cormier, uh-huh. can you step up here for a yeah, second? Yeah, I know you just did a weigh-in, but let's do another. I'm one like, come here, hey, don't get slapped, Daniel. Don't get slapped. You know what? I'm gonna start <laughs> calling you Danny. You did You just as a six foot six black security guard just put uh, old Billy Boy in a chokehold and popped out his gap tooth. Yeah, both of them. Um, so uh, that being said, we went and saw Joe Rogan. Uh, great show. He did point out something uh, really interesting that I never thought about, but just how incredibly gay the WWE is. Um, which I actually thought you were going to be more upset about that, but I, I appreciate the fact that you enjoyed it. No, man. I, you know, if people knock what I'm into, I get it. Like, if you're not into it, it seems really goofy and corny from the outside. I'm not going to take personal offense to it. Dude, if, at the end of the day, it's comedy. If you if you were easily offended, especially Joe Rogan's show, don't ever see Joe Rogan if you're easily offended. Because he will find a way to offend you. It's all in good fun, man. Like, everybody just lighten up. So you ready for my first transition? I haven't lost any of the rest of this. So, yes. Um, what is uh, good gravy? Those transitions I missed. Yes, good gravy. What's what's more staged? A uh, a WWE match or a phantom elbow or pick set on LeBron James? Which looks faker to you? Well, I, I'd say LeBron James more so because WWE at least tries not to make it look staged. He's just, he's, God, if he was a WWE wrestler, he would just be terrible. It doesn't look fluid at no, all. No, he could use, he, he's, he should be in for one of those shoot matches. 
um, where the guy actually just starts beating the shit out of the guy, like the, the other guy. It's, that's what that's what LeBron should be in right now. Yeah, I swear to God, every Cleveland Cavaliers game, I, I imagine there is a sniper in the rafters just waiting to take out LeBron. The way he goes down from these phantom elbows, you think yeah. he just got, you know, shot in the ass or something. You know what I love though is that we're getting uh, LeBron Lance Stevenson in round one. I'm excited to the yes. two and the seven. So uh, I'm pretty pumped. We, we might get a, let those get a legitimate uh, let those memes come oh, out with Stevenson blowing in oh, his that ear. That's so funny. So um, that actually, I think Cleveland's gonna rock him, but it'll be fun. Yeah, that actually is kind of interesting. So um, we're gonna talk about the NBA playoffs first. We haven't figured that out. <clears throat> so the worst one seed in history, the Boston Celtics, are going against the Chicago Bulls. Oh, but oh, jeez. Oh, I would love for you to find a worse one seed than them. I like them, man. I think they're one superstar away. I really think Paul George or Jimmy Butler, one of those guys, would have done them wonders. Because I would have felt great about them as a legitimate title contender. But as it sits for me right now, I think the only team in the East that can knock Cleveland off is Toronto. That's the only team. Um, yeah, I could see I, that. I think their depth, the, um, their size, I, they really don't have anybody to throw at DeMar DeRozan. And uh, I, I just, I love the Ibaka pickup. I think he's... I think he's slightly overvalued, but I definitely think for that team, and I think you pointed this out in an earlier podcast, he's absolutely perfect. He's the toughness and interior presence they needed, and I absolutely love that Love that trade for them. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if Boston's going to kick themselves for not trading for Paul George, especially with all the draft picks and pieces that they have. I believe, They have a lottery pick this year, I believe, they have don't Brooklyn's they? Pick. They have like a top. They have Brooklyn's pick, which is oh. going to end up being like a uh, – second or first pick it's going to be one of them well i think one yeah because they're be one yeah they're number one right now as far as most uh ping pong balls available yeah. so yeah that, that's mind-boggling to me brooklyn like god that what a dumpster fire of a franchise how do you do that yeah, mikhail prokhorov uh, he should fire himself because that is absolutely absurd somehow somehow that guy i i don't know that's still that's still one of the worst trades in history and they're still paying joe johnson if i'm not mistaken and Joe Johnson yeah. plays I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think of a team. I think didn't Detroit have this before, where they were in the Eastern Conference Finals, maybe in the NBA Finals, and they had a lottery pick from a yeah, because yeah, it was 2002. They were they that, they they passed Carmelo. To, that's how they got Milicic. Yeah, they they took Darko Milicic over Carmelo. Yep, uh, I forget what that I th- I forget what that trade was actually, but yeah, they had the second pick yeah. and they were, had just I think really deep playoff run. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah, because. They had that string of like four straight Eastern Conference Finals and then an NBA title. So I love that team. Right by the, the way, that. everybody lauds oh, so one of the worst final teams of all time. But I actually love the way they're constructed. No real superstar. Rasheed Wallace, one of the most underrated talents in NBA history. I mean, he sort of derailed his own career, but he still had a great career and made a couple hundred million dollars. Um, I love Ben Wallace. Is no threat on offense, but I think with um, but Tayshawn Prince, Chauncey, and Rip Hamilton, they they always they, they were always able to put up enough points to uh, to to win games, but with that defense on the other end was just I don't know. I loved I loved the way that team was constructed. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say back to Cleveland, and I I just don't think they can turn it on. I mean, they're ten and fourteen since March first. They haven't looked that. Gr- I mean, yeah, they're the number two seed in the East, which is understandably weak. I just don't think they'll be able to turn it on like they expect to be able to. I mean, yeah, everybody's healthy, but I just, I don't know. If I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to take the field in the East this Ooh. year. I think either Tor- I think either Toronto or Boston will make it to the NBA Finals. See, I think I, I, think I like Washington in that second round matchup against Boston. I really do. I think Washington could take it from them. 
Um, yeah. But uh, it's most likely going to be uh, the top four seeds playing each other, Washington versus Boston and Toronto-Cleveland. Toronto, man, is going to be really interesting. I'm still going to take Cleveland because until LeBron James is out in the NBA for five years, there's no way I'm betting against anything he's associated with. Um, and... And you know where Cleveland's lucky, too, is that they get a first-round matchup yeah. with a weak team. I know you don't know much about hockey, but I'll reference this quick. The NHL playoffs, the way their seeding works, they're, I guess they're trying to build division rivalries. So it's like the number two seed in your division plays the number three seed. And the, so right now, you had the Pittsburgh Penguins going up against Columbus. Pittsburgh is the second-best team in the NHL. Columbus is the number four. That's a first-round matchup. So you're guaranteed to take out one of the top four teams in the NHL before you even get out of the first the, round. Imagine the I, NBA was yeah, like Yeah, I think that. with it's the absurd. parody, though, I actually sort of like that in the NHL because an 8 takes out a 1 or 7 takes out a 2 pretty often in the NHL playoffs. Yeah, All the time. So I actually like that. I don't think there's yeah. enough parody in the NBA to do that, but I think it's coming. I, I you know, I, I don't Yeah. I think that's because of the NHL's yeah. point system, too, where you get two points for a win. So number one seeds get so high up, and they just coast. And this is like the one 10, thing I actually games. like about the NHL. Well, I like the NHL. I just don't know much about it, but I when it's on, I'll watch it. Um, I watched your uh, Rangers uh, take on the uh, the Canadians uh, a few days ago. Um, King Lundqvist, man, yeah. looked great in that. Um, the ten, but I like the, the fact that they're willing to step out of the box and tinker with their sport. Like, not even necessarily tinker, just completely shake the etch sketch I mean, when they came back from the lockout, they changed the entire they changed the entire league and the way the game was played. And and I like the fact that they're they're doing that with the seating. I mean, I don't know if the NBA really has the balls to do it, although they need to do something because their ratings are down a lot. Like. I mean, with the players yeah. sitting out, national te- nationally televised games, you know, the, all this, quote, rest talk, it's, I don't know, it's a little absurd. Think, all right, you know what, I- I'll take another hockey reference. Think about a guy like uh, your hero and my hero, Yamir Yager. Oh, love that, did dude. Love did he play 27 years in the second most physical sport of the big four to, in order to play 27 years? No. This guy's just... A, baller like a guy's just he loves hockey he just plays until his body won't let him his body lets him some people are just built different and i think that that's a guy who's built different than somebody that you know is, is a little less um as a little less durable i just i don't know i don't i don't buy the whole rest thing i i understand why lebron rests but like why rest i guess all of your guys i think this is all going to come back to like cleveland in the end yeah. and i think and i love like i said i love lebron he's my favorite athlete outside of uh you know any giants player but there's no, they have no shot against any of the top three teams in the West, and I'm throwing Houston in there, man. I think Houston will run them if they, if on the off chance they meet in the finals, which they won't. It's going to be Golden State is going to breeze through the West, in my opinion. But um, no, I don't yeah. know about breeze, man. San Antonio, uh, Kawhi Leonard and San Antonio. I will give bet. Them a okay, I think Golden State comes so out. We have on two top bets one. right now. You're but taking you the field in the East. I'm taking okay. Cleveland. Okay. Our other yeah. bet is if if Golden State and um, San Antonio meet San Antonio. In, in the playoffs. I guarantee that game to, that series doesn't go past six. Five would be my bet. Okay, I'll take that bet. Yeah, I think it'll go game I, seven. I do not think. I think that San Antonio gets blown the f up. Who's San Antonio's second best player right now? Thank you. Um, who's Golden State's <laughs> second best player? Oh, jeez. Well, it's either Durant or Curry. You got to put them one two. I'd say probably Durant right now because he's right as we're sitting right now. Overall, no, yeah, Durant's number one. But yes, you're right. As of right now, I'd actually put Durant three because I think Clay Thompson right now is probably in a little bit better health. 
I just don't want to underestimate San Antonio because everyone always does, and they always they're, they're always right there. Marcus Aldridge, who actually had this weird heart issue about a month and a half ago. Um, their third best player is probably Danny Green. Fourth best player, Manu Ginobili, still like if he gets going, Parker's still up there. But they're, they they have all these. I, I just I just think they need one more superstar. Lamarcus Aldridge just isn't that guy. It just isn't, and I, I don't know. I just don't trust San Antonio. I like Houston better than San Antonio in the playoffs. I really do. Um, but I, You're very high. You know Houston. what the problem is, though? Is it's so hard to trust so the San Antonio team in the playoffs. I mean, I think outside of a Ron Artest putback, yeah. I think that they're in the finals that year. But just I, I just don't think this, this Rockets team is that talented. Isn't, they're nowhere near as talented as that Phoenix team was. Who's? I mean, they don't have an Amari Stoudemire. They don't have... You know they have they have essentially a Steve Nash who can actually shoot or who can shoot who's a better shooter I should say not actually shoot but is a better shooter because Steve Nash is a good shooter but um but Harden and Harden actually if he wants to can actually play a little bit better defense than Steve Nash but that's if he wants to but um but yeah I I don't know man I'm just not sold on uh, I'm just not sold on them I really am just not yeah well yeah we'll see it's gonna be fun either way to see um. I wanted to go back quick to uh, Yamir Yager and make a quick uh, compare and contrast with yep. him and LeBron James. I've said about it for a while now. This is what irks me about LeBron. He cares so much what everybody thinks and their perception of him, whereas Yager is on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yager doesn't give a damn what people think about him. I mean, there was that story out there where he was uh, sleeping with this like 20-year-old yeah, smoke show like Instagram model chick, you know? And she basically threatened him, like, hey, you know, if uh, you don't pay me millions, I'm going to release these tapes and these photos of us. He's like, I'm a single guy. I'm having fun. Go ahead. Release them. I'll release them for you. Who cares? I didn't do anything wrong. You consented. I love that. But if it's LeBron, dude, he would have paid an army of lawyers to, to, well, I mean, LeBron is married as well, so it's a little different. But, you know, he would have paid an army of lawyers to cover it up and, you know, basically just paid to go, you know, have it go away. But I just... I, that's what I love about Yager and I hate about LeBron. But like I said, I can respect LeBron's ability. Best basketball player in the world. But dude, like you're just, you're so narcissistic about caring what everyone else thinks. It drives He's me also insane. the face of the league, to be honest, though. I think that that, that is where um, I think the difference lies is that. Yeah, and there's yeah. more scrutiny. Um, but I mean, Derek Jeter did this too. Derek Jeter slept with, you know, hundreds of women and gave them gift baskets and was... Well, you know, didn't apologize for it at all. If anything, they loved him in the most media scrutinized city of New York. Jeter was just sleeping around, having a good time. Hey, here's a gift basket, some lotions, and an autographed baseball. Be on your way. Here, here, you know, here's a taxi before there was Uber. Like, and nobody wrote a bad I'm word about. I'm actually convinced that Derek Jeter invented Uber in order to uh, even more subtly kick his girls out of his house. <laughs> and uh, it makes sense, man. Click of a button on yeah, your smartphone I think makes a lot that. of sense. I think he also wanted vehicles with giant gift baskets he gave the girls um but yeah yeah and i know it's all over the place a little bit right now but if people haven't watched it because i just saw it yesterday and i talked to bill about this go watch the rapper little dicky and pillow talk amazing 10 minute video and it's just hilarious about those weird moments after you hook up with a chick for the first time and how you go back and forth and realize you have nothing do you fuck with the what i love how he kept saying that um (laughs) hey that little brain in that video (laughs) was adorable by the way um, yeah. But it, it, someone clear for me. Was that, I can see your I can see your child do that. Hey, gotta poop. Oh, I know. Hey, gotta uh-huh. poop. That's all she did. It's actually funny you said that because earlier I was like, Avery, did you fart? 
I do, dude. I stink. I was like, yeah, <laughs> both are true, Avery. Um, and like Bill said earlier in the podcast, I got to spend the weekend with him, and I got to watch uh, little baby A. And it's so true how she talks like The Rock, just refers oh, yeah. to herself in the third person. Avery, you read Avery? You read the Avery? Avery book? Avery book? Avery, Avery, read. Avery, read. Avery read? Oh, all the time. Yeah, she is the people's, uh, the toddler's champion there. So, um... Yes. I can't wait till she goes into daycare, just throws him up against the rope, starts dropping elbows, raises the eyebrow, hits him with you a get, plastic You get her busted enough, those eyebrow, that eyebrow will go up. She's very expressive with her, with her eyebrows. It's funny. Shot like her mom. Um, That's great. But, so... All right, we're gonna we're gonna use another uh, old Bill catchphrase. We're gonna put a bow on this. Um, so we have two bets. Yes. I'm taking Cleveland. You're taking the field to East, and I'm taking the uh, yep. the Warriors and Spurs meet in the playoffs at all. I'm taking them, and I'll you know what? I'll be a man. Six. I'll say I, 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 it's five because I said pro- I said maybe five, probably six. So I'll stay five. I'll stay five. Um. Okay. All right. So uh, the NBA also had a. Uh, Almost had a new player, and that player is Tony Romo. Um, weird, love this. kind of a weird love publicity stunt. I like the layup line thing, but I just think that offering him a contract and having him actually suit up in a game really waters down the product already in a watered down uh, in a watered down league. I didn't like it in the sense that I think that this just opens up a huge can of worms. Like Drake will get real minutes for the uh, for the Raptors. You don't want that. The six. You, you don't want that. Like it's a business. It's a it's a multi billion dollar business. Like you can't. I don't know. It's it's not a celebrity all star game. I, I just think that I lo- I like the gesture. I think the layup line thing is fun. But I just think having having a celebrity, a quote unquote celebrity, play in an actual NBA game, it really demeans the product. Like it just turns you into a sideshow. And I didn't. I thought Adam Silver made the right call by putting the Kai on it but i also like what mark cuban was doing because the mavs are irrelevant and he made him relevant for a day see i've got to differ greatly on this man i wanted romo in that game i wanted him to play minutes mark cuban wanted it as well i maybe this is the pro wrestling fan in me i love the circus sideshow i just want you know that surprise return almost like john cena at the royal rumble years ago with like you know the lights come down the music hits like by god it's tony romo he's coming out of the tunnel He's coming to play shooting guard. Somebody call a timeout. My God. Fans just go into a frenzy. Pyro goes off. That's my dream. Yeah. But maybe I'm in the minority. Um, yeah, I know. I agree with you uh, in the sense that that's fun. But I, I just think if you're if you're trying to run a business, I think it's I think it's kind of absurd. I, I really do. I think it'd be it'd be different if Dallas was in the playoff hunt. But they're long. They've been long out of the playoffs, and it's. You know, it's a meaningless game. Why not? It, dude, it would be on TV. It would have been an ESPN nationally televised game. It would have been a special. Like, you could have you could have built around this, got some more eyeballs on Dallas. Like, I don't know. I, I'm all about sports being more they fun. They are so. fun, but it's a business. Like, that's the other thing. Like, Apple is a business. Like, you can't have a celebrity phone engineer come in. You know, it's ridiculous. Like, you can't. I don't know. I just don't think you can do that. That's That seems... I do agree with you on the fact though it would open a can of worms because I could see Drake trying to get minutes with the Raptors and that would be. And Drake is a terrible basketball player. Or, at that you've seen him in the layup line for yeah. UT or for UK. It's it's ridiculous. Like he he's absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Next thing you know. Yeah. Next thing you know, we got. Uh, well, actually, I wouldn't be opposed to this at all. Michael Rappaport. Well, he can actually play though. Like he was a good player when he was younger. Yeah, they're Even, a dumpster I, fire. I, 
I hate the Frankie, but I think the Beebs could probably get real minutes with the Lakers right now. Oh yeah, to God, I Beebs have some handled. Lakers right you know who else? You know what celebrity was a really good player? Apparently, I hate admitting it too because I hate that little crap. But he, you know, yeah, who was a really good, good celebrity player. I guess was uh, back in the day was George Clooney. I don't know where. I don't know how I heard really? this, but I it just always stuck in my head. George Clooney, when he was on ER, used to play pickup basketball with Urkel, Jaleel White, which who I actually think we can get for the <laughs> we can actually probably get him on this show. Urkel. Oh my god. That's a one on one. Well, watch. I think now Jaleel, Jaleel White, White versus his, Clooney. You know, the Clunes is an older man, but uh, I guess back in the day when he was in his late thirties, him and uh, Urkel used to hoop it up in the NBC uh the NBC lot. So uh yeah, I have no I, I have no earthly idea where I heard this. I just remember hearing it and it's always stuck. Um so the guy's uber rich, one of the most handsome guys in the planet, well, he wasn't, and he can ball. So he's yeah, basically well, one he at life. He wasn't the clown back then. I mean, he was just a TV guy. I mean, I think he did from dust till dawn. Oh, still and, uh, that Toward the end of ER, he was well, making yeah, good he's money, making, man. I mean, you know, that more was than, huge. Uh, more than this podcaster was. But, um, but no, yeah. He, yeah, he wasn't the megastar he is now. Do you know he had – I mean, he went on a stretch there where he – oh, God. I think he produced – Eight straight Oscar nominees, or some some crazy number like that. He was involved with eight straight Oscar uh, Best Picture uh, nominees. Some some insane stat like that. That's kind of insane. That never happens. But um, anyway, the hot yeah. Clooney talk and the movie talk is over. So I do want Frankie Muniz though in a Clippers jersey. Oh my god, I would give I'm anything to watch that little puke get dunked on. I hate that guy. I I hate. <laughs> Frankie Muniz. Oh. Hey, you know what? What happened to Frankie Muniz and Amanda Bynes? They were in that movie together. They were in that movie together um, with uh, Paul Giamatti, and uh, they both kind of went nuts, right? Amanda Bynes. I never thought she would go nuts. By the way, I thought yeah. she was like wholesome and had her stuff together. Little did I know she's you know blowing coke and and you know walking around the Buffalo Hyatt naked. So I don't know. That's another story I heard hmm. that. Uh, she was in Buffalo nice. for something. I can't imagine why anyone would be in Buffalo, but um, she, yeah, I yeah, couldn't wait to get out. In, uh, yeah, she was in. Um, she was at the Hyatt in downtown Buffalo. And apparently, she was like, uh, and, like calling room service, like answering the door naked. Which uh, good for the good room service people over there. I mean, good for them. Yeah, I'll take oh, that yeah, over yeah, too. Um, so anyway, the NFL. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, yes. Alright, let's talk a little bit about the uh the fun and dysfunctional Cleveland Browns. So oh, they made God. one of the smartest trades I can remember in um with the uh Brock Osweiler deal. Now yeah. they're not a revolutionary at the time. Like it's it's the first time it's been done in the NFL where you just basically traded, you know, for a pick, money for a pick. It yeah. It made sense. So, um I guess I'm curious is Tony maybe you can answer this, you know, or maybe if um you know, we had the old co host on the show right now, maybe he'd be answer this. What the fuck are the Cleveland Browns doing? <laughs> yeah, this report now that they're Thinking about not drafting Miles Garrett number one overall. And like, let's make no bones about it. Everyone can agree. Miles Garrett is the number one player on the board. They're talking, this is like a franchise changer. There, no doubt he's number one on the board. And now Cleveland is leaning toward taking Mitchell Trubisky, a quarterback from North Carolina. Well, could be good. I mean, number one overall in a in a weak quarterback draft class. Not to mention Cleveland has a bunch of other picks. It's mind-boggling yeah, to me. 
I, I don't know. I, I don't know what they're doing. I think the um, I don't know. I, I like the idea of Paul D. Podesta, uh, you know, shaking up, you know, shaking up the process and 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 trading for a contract like that, especially when you have all that cap space or whatever. Because I think you do have to hit a cap floor in the NFL, and uh, I don't think that they were going yeah. to. Um, so you know. No, they had like a hundred million yeah. available. I think some yeah, crazy did, number. So. And you don't want to just start signing long-term guys for the hell of it well, just to make up that number. Like, yeah, it was, you, it was a smart outside-the-box move. You brought up something yesterday to me that Bill Polian said at NFL Network. Go ahead and regurgitate that for the listeners oh, yes. that they didn't hear because this is actually brilliant. Yeah, uh, I was watching NFL Insiders at work, and Bill Polian, I mean, genius general manager. Like, he this constructed guy's the uh, fourth-time Super Bowl uh, runner-up Buffalo Bills team. I mean, which everybody can make jokes about, but that was the closest thing – to a oh, great! At the time, great roster, yeah. great draft. Like, so he came up with a genius idea where if Cleveland's unsure about what they want to do, Tennessee apparently is reportedly interested in Miles Garrett. Trade the number one pick to Tennessee for their number five and their number eighteen pick. So now Cleveland will have the number five pick, the number twelve pick, and the number eighteen pick in the first round. They want Mitchell Trubisky. I, the first four teams in the draft, I believe it's Cleveland. San Francisco, uh, San Francisco, blah, blah. I just had the draft order in front of me. I know it's San Fran, Jacksonville, the Jets are six. But basically, at number five, more than likely, they can get Mitchell Trubisky. Or with those allotment of picks, they have a bunch of flexibility, can move around, get a quarterback later on, or draft back up to get a quarterback from another team. It just makes it makes so much sense. Like, why not do it if you're not sure – don't take a court. I know you need a quarterback, but don't take it and don't reach for him with the number one overall pick when he's not worth it. No, I 100% agree with you. Um, the uh, this draft really doesn't have any, and <clears throat> there's no Andrew Luck in this draft. There's not even really a Cam Newton. But I will say I do not understand. And we're going to talk to my buddy Brian about this. I think at some point. Who, I mean, if you think you're a sports fan and your balls deep into sports. Um, when you hear Brian talk, you're going to rethink that. This guy does this part-time. Like, he has an actual job. He coaches high school basketball in this area. And he still finds time to follow the effing MLB draft. MLB prospects. Insane. Thousands Insane. of those guys. <laughs> thousands. As opposed to, you know, yeah. less than 100 in the NBA and less than 1,000 in the NFL. Like, it's, it's absolutely insanity. Dude. So. I, I love baseball. I'll go to dozens of Syracuse Chiefs games. I went to dozens of Buffalo Bisons games when I lived out there. I'll even go to the Auburn Double Days, which is a singular double-A team out here in the Syracuse area. But, dude, as many games as I go to and I love baseball, I can't follow MLB draft prospects like that. That's that's insane amount of knowledge and just, like, a time suck to have. The fact that he can do that He's is mind-boggling to me. So. The point I was making with Brian is, is maybe he can shed a little bit of light on why there's no, there's not more of a groundswell for Deshaun Watson. It just doesn't make any sense. This guy has beat the best team on the biggest stage essentially twice. I know the score would indicate differently the first year, but he, you know, he did beat Alabama the second year, but he was the best player in the field in both of those. And that is a field that was chock full of NFL players. He's not even going to be the first. And I'm, I will, I full disclosure, I'm stealing this from the herd. He won't even, he probably won't even be the first, first Deshaun quarterback taken in the draft. Like it's, it's kind, it's kind of, no, mind, yeah, it's kind of mind blowing to me. 
Like I, I actually, we yeah. are looking for the uh, replacement, the Giants, I should say, not we. Uh, although I feel like I'm on the team sometimes. Um, are looking for Eli's heir apparent, and if Deshaun Watson by some miracle falls to the Giants and they don't take him, I'm going to be highly upset. And you know, we might need him for the first four games anyway because of uh, memorabilia gate by Eli. Although Brandon Jacobs did come out today, say, come out today and say this has nothing to do with Eli. Eli's not involved, et cetera, et cetera. And Brandon Jacobs, if anybody follows him on Instagram, is a, been a major, major proponent of this memorabilia scam getting fixed because he's been screwed out of a lot of stuff. Um, but at the same time, you know, who, who knows, but anyway, yeah, <laughs> that, which is a stupid controversy, but if you want to talk about it, you're more than welcome to, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm not going to be dismissive. Um, but if you want to talk about that real quick, you can. But all I'm saying is that I just don't understand why there's not a bigger groundswell for Deshaun Watson. It just doesn't make any sense to me. What do we call this one? Is it memorabilia gate or can we, do we just call it helmet gate? Because, yeah, it is pretty stupid. I really don't want to spend a lot of time on it. I mean, yeah, being a Cowboys fan, I hate the Giants. I should be just balls deep and going after this. But I just don't care, man. It sounds just so pointless. Like, just... And, you know, for sure, they're going to drag it on for six months. It's going to be all over ESPN. I'm going to want to put my foot through my television. But, yeah, I really don't want to go that deep into it. I just, I honestly don't well, care enough. you know what? It makes sense if it's his stuff. Like, if it's his. I don't think Eli's running a memorabilia, you know, theft ring. Like, that's absurd. I think he just. No. The guy makes millions. Right. I think, I think all he did was just mislead a couple of collectors into getting his game-worn stuff. I don't think he was trying to screw over Strahan or. or Brandon Jacobs or, you know, Plexico Burris or any of those guys. I think he just wanted his own stuff, which it's hard to blame him. Like, I, yeah. I get it, too. I, I, you know, the Tom Brady thing is excessive as it was. They used the FBI when there's, you know, problems with uh, ISIS uh, domestically and abroad, obviously. But especially domestically, they used the yeah. uh, FBI to get back some uh, – to get back a, a shirt. Like, and at the really end of the day – Dude, these memorabilia collectors aren't the most noble people on the planet either. Like, they're scammers oh, in their okay. own right. Like, they'll, they'll get these autographs from people and then sell it on eBay for triple the value. Or That's exactly why when they get stuff autographed, they don't want it personalized because it, you know, drops the value of the this memorabilia. Is, okay, I'm actually glad you said this because I was thinking about not bringing this point up. But, no, not only are they not the most likable guys, they're the biggest scumbags on the planet. Autographs are for kids. Yeah, they're used autographs car salesmen, basically. pukes. They're for kids. They're not yeah. for you, grown man. Like, if you want a picture and you're at an event, knock yeah. yourself out. Saying that because I've done that. But I never want an autograph for anybody. Like, my buddy Sean got me an Odell Beckham autograph uh, picture. I don't know if it's really an autograph. I don't really care. It's a sweet picture. Yeah. I have it. I, You know, it, it's just so stupid. Like, we're adults. Stop, find an actual job, you fucking losers. I just never understand this. I remember watching yeah. this thing. Well, it, it, trust me. I understand hockey fans hate Sidney Crosby, right? But I remember watching this thing, and it was like one of those like, oh, well, so crybaby. Oh, I hate Cr Sidney Crosby. Quiet. I hate so, him. So um, the there was this like <laughs> you know like what a, NHL on NBC, and it just shows like it's like Sidney Crosby out in the parking lot, and he's like signing like jersey after jersey for this one guy, and you could just tell it looks annoyed. And I actually remember reading like him getting sort of roasted for his like the puss on his face. I don't blame him. It's for one, get the F out of my way. I'm trying to park. Two, you're a freaking 35-year-old dude. Go find some anything else to do. Anything else instead of pestering somebody for a freaking a signature. You're not a you're not a 12-year-old. Like it, oh, I hate these people. 
So, yeah. At the end of the day, that stuff really isn't worth much. Like, I moving, my dad gave me a crate full of my right. old baseball cards. I haven't looked at it in, like, 15 years. I used to collect them, thinking they'd be worth something. That whole crate's probably worth five at bucks. At the most. Too. Yeah, at like, the let's most. Let's be honest, man. But they're cool to have. Like, it's a cool, like, it's a cool nostalgia thing, as much as I love nostalgia. Yeah. It's a cool nostalgia thing, and it's like, oh, you know, I remember this part of my life. Wait. It's, 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 it's nice. Did Bill Kegel just say, as much as I love nostalgia, because you hate nostalgia? Every time I bring up something old, you, you lose your mind. Uh, I was being sarcastic. I, I thought you'd be able to tell my ways. Okay. I love I, nostalgia. Yeah. I, I, maybe the listeners did it. Okay. Um, there you go. I hate nostalgia. No, but it's a joke, man. I mean, I'm the kind of guy, when I go to games, especially baseball games, yeah, I'll try to go for a foul ball. If I grab it, cool. I'm not running <laughs> over a child for it. I'm not truck. I'm not trucking little Johnny or little Ben. I just Sue. picture you. You're like no, Freddie or, Freeman hits a foul ball, and you're trucking like a, a like a, a stroller yeah. with, a, with an infant in it just to get the foul ball. It's ridiculous. Dude, I'm I'm five ten, two hundred thirty five pounds. I'm a short, unathletic white linebacker, dude. If I go for a ball, I will kill. You're a, a two child. down linebacker. You're the well, white they, Brandon Spikes. I'm, I'm a half-down linebacker, let's be honest. But I, I do not have the cardio for that as much as I try. But, dude, yeah, if I get a foul ball just by chance, the first thing I do is I look around I flip yeah. it to a little kid. What am I going to do? I'm going to bring it home and put it up on the mantle? like, hey, check it out. Here's the foul ball I caught at the Syracuse Chiefs-Rochester Red Wings game in April. Who you know what I got fuck? out of the military? Uh, every... I hate I hate foul ball I guy. I, I yeah. despise him. Like, don't be a When I got out of the army, actually, um, all, everybody in my office, most of, the, most of the people are people I deployed with or have really good relationships with, like good friends. And uh, they all bought a Giants football, and everybody in that office signed it for me. That thing, to me, is a thousand times more valuable than if I got the entire oh, yeah, 2007 that's awesome. Super Bowl Giants to sign that same football. I love that football way more than I could love any other piece of, you know, sports memorabilia. I love that damn football. Um, now my daughter plays with it, but it doesn't go outside at all, so it's fine. Who has amazing hands, by the way. But yeah, I get that. It means something right. to you. It's personal. But there is one caveat to that. Let's say I go to a game, and I take a baseball bat that flies out of his hands, and I take it to the dome. You better believe I'm keeping that. Right. That's no, the caveat to that, though. But yeah, these stupid autograph collectors. I think we've spent way too much time on how fucking low these pieces of dump are. Um, all right, yeah. so... I just want to see a guy at a game one time, just like running after a ball while a child is, and I just step in his way and just truck him. Just light you remember him up that the dude at the Phillies game, probably about five years ago, where he caught the foul ball and he gave it to his daughter, and then she subsequently tossed it off the top of the upper deck. Do <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> yeah. And his yes. reaction. If that was oh one of those douchebag memorabilia collectors, yeah. they would have flicked her ass off of it instead of giving her a hug like that. That guy did. He just gave his daughter a hug and laughed about it. I would have. I wouldn't be that mad though as a father because that little girl had a yeah, cannon. Pretty good arm. I mean, she yeah, yeah, she had a pretty thing. good arm. Um, yeah. I just felt bad for the poor bastard that got hit by the ball that she tossed it over onto. So, uh, yeah. Another thing I love too is uh, those dads who will be holding their child and they'll catch a foul ball or a home run with one hand while still holding the baby. That's such oh, a dude yeah. move. You know the mother is flipping the hell out. Like. If you did that with your baby and, and your wife saw that, she'd probably murder you. But I would, dude, I'd be so happy. I'd be pumped. I'd yeah, be you ever see that every night. I forget where this, I forget what stadium this was, but he was, uh, he was holding a baby, feeding the baby with one arm, and he caught a foul ball with his other. I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure that baby is, uh, is, uh, 
its neck's gonna snap because he was he, he like he caught it he like shot he like sidestepped a little bit but he was still feeding the baby while he did it. Incredible coordination, but That's uh, the ultimate I hear that move. guy when he got home went home to an empty house and uh, changed locks and uh, someone just snatched the baby and took yeah. off and brought it the baby to her and then he was homeless. Yep, yeah, it's worth it though. It's that puts you in the dad yeah, of fame in my book. Man. Definitely worth it. Um, so anyway, let's switch gears a little bit. I want you to talk about the NHL playoffs, uh, real quick for us. So, uh, I can actually learn something because I watch a little bit of the, uh, Rangers caps, like the the Rangers, um, Canadians. And Montreal Canadiens. Hot shit going on on that ice. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. They look good, man. I mean, Tanner Glass poked it in with a backhander past the 10 D. Um, Henrik Lundqvist, man, he struggled during the regular season, but he locked it down with a shutout. I mean, that you can ride a hot goaltender to the Stanley Cup. And, I mean, the Rangers are one of those teams that can ride Lundqvist all the way. I mean, I'm saying this as a very, very, very biased Rangers fan, but I, I love King Lundqvist. I think he can get it done. I, we saw it last night in the uh, Nashville-Chicago uh, Blackhawks game. I know you don't no. know a ton about hockey, but you do know the – I mean, you know about the Blackhawks. Blackhawks are a great franchise – Great team, make it deep in the playoffs Best every sports, year. Man. But Nashville, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh. And if you've never seen it too, go on YouTube and uh, watch when they announce the, um, the opening of the game and they do that cool visual with the ice now, where it looks like it's on fire. Yeah, like the whole video production, it's just awesome in Chicago. But uh, yeah, Nashville themselves rode a hot goaltender, got a one nothing shutout victory on Chicago's home ice, like. Like you said, man, it's a lot of the lower seeds beating the higher seeds in the NHL every year, and Nashville could be one of those teams. They could just they could ride a hot hand all the way. And then the one big thing to look for too is Washington won in um, overtime. They beat a very game Toronto team the other night, three two. Washington has just this reputation of being great in the regular season, number one overall seed. They take their foot off the gas for the last 10, 15 games. They get into the playoffs and they always choke. Can Washington overcome it? And, you know, history proves they can't. So I, I don't believe in them either. But hey, if, if you're not a huge hockey fan, it's the best playoffs in any of the major sports. Just go check it out. Turn on a game. Uh, Pittsburgh-Columbus will be a good matchup. Uh, I believe Calgary, I want to say, plays the Ducks. That'll be another good one. But just if there's a game on, just check it out. There's a bunch more tonight. Yep, and um, real quick, we have uh, we have some breaking news. Um, I had a sound effect, Ooh. but my phone uh, decided to play an ad real quick. So, uh, sorry guys, you lose out on that sound effect. So, I can add in post production. NFL senior VP of officiating Dean Blandino has left his post and will take a job with a television network. So, Dean Blandino, the, the most hated man wow. in all of sports, is now no longer employed with the NFL and will take on a Mike Pereira like job. In television, which my guess would be NBC, because CBS has um, um, Mike Carey, and um, I think that's his last name, yeah. his first name, and uh, obviously uh, Mike Mike Pereira. I think you're right. And uh, so my guess would be NBC, um, Dean Blandino, who actually I watched him on Garbage Time with Katie Dolan. He's actually a really good personality. Um, he took a lot of Katie Nolan's crap nice. uh, very well. Um, he tried to, he tried to explain the Des Bryant like uh, catch non catch thing to her, and it was pretty hilarious. And she just trashed oh, him, which big ups to Katie Nolan for that. But uh, but yeah, uh, he took it really well. But yeah, man, I, I'm uh, I'm I'm shocked. But uh, at the same time, who the hell would want that job? 
Oh, it's a thankless job. Like you said, yeah. everyone hates you. Like, and I'm wondering how you know how good the pay even is to step up to go with a major network like you know possibly. NBC, I would love like to know what Romo's contract with CBS is like. I would really love to know it. Oh, dude. Yeah, we'll get into that, man. I mean, being the number one color commentator now, one of the big three networks, like, whew, it's got it's got to be good. It's a cushy job, too. He's not taking who's hits. Ha- who's happier nope. that Phil Simms has been replaced? It, is it everybody or the Denver Broncos? <laughs> I, <laughs> I think it's anybody who's a fan of an AFC team like uh, – the Patriots or the Steelers, where they get to see him the most, because they usually cover the number right, one late afternoon. Right. So all the he trashes the Broncos at basically every chance he gets. I actually don't like him either because he trashes Eli every once in a while too, because Eli's breaking every single one of his uh, Giants records. Because um, Eli's a better quarterback. Yeah, than Phil Simms won. Was, I'll say it. And that's right. An so Phil Simms won the Super Bowl against Denver, but it really wasn't. It literally wasn't Phil Simms. It was that defense. I mean, you had LT, Carl Banks, all those guys in their prime. Yeah. And uh, he didn't even win Super Bowl 25. He was injured. Jeff Hostetler was the quarterback. He didn't really win. Although, how he didn't uh, get strip sacked when Bruce, Will- or Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis, man. His feet were all cut up. He, he slapped the ball to Jeff Hostetler's hands. When Bruce Smith uh, went to sack uh, Jeff, Hostetler, Jeff Hostetler in the end zone, he like karate chopped the ball and it didn't even budge from Hostetler's hand. So to me, that is a bigger uh, that's a bigger impact on the Giants' uh, history than anything Phil Simms really did. But uh, goodbye, Gene. We'll never see him again. I'm pumped. I'm not a Phil Simms guy. Actually, he'll be yeah. on inside the NFL and he'll probably be take over the number two role. I don't think anyone was and. Yeah, reportedly behind the scenes. I mean, Jim Nance, who's huge at CBS. Oh, he's the he's guy. Probably like yeah. their number one or number two guy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he does. Yeah, he does March Madness, does golf, does football. I mean, he's the guy. Like, he's basically right. their John Madden. Or, um, to use a better analogy, he's their Chris Berman. But, um. Teach? Yeah, I didn't it's agree just surprising. with how they... he got rid of uh, Phil Simms, Teach. <laughs> Back on the Blitz. That's a terrible impression. I'll work on it. Go ahead. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, we got time. But, uh, yeah, Jim Nance and uh, Phil Simms, they worked together since 2004. I mean, it's a long tenure team, 13 years, and to just be shown the door, not for another announcer, but a former player coming With right no off the field. Has zero, zero experience <laughs> yeah. calling games. That's your number one team now. That just shows you how much clout Jim Nance has if he reportedly hates Phil Simms as much as as much as we're hearing. Like, that's amazing. Um. <laughs> Did you? And I think Romo can do well. He's got a good personality. He's, ex- I mean, he's extremely likable. Besides, like the haters, like in New York and Philly yeah. and Washington. But you know, the, I think he can be good at what he does. And I, I'm a big Romo guy. I'm, ha- I'm really happy for him. Like I get to keep. According to Bill TV. Simmons, he has uh, a really good personality. He's really funny. He can do a lot of impressions of a lot of different types of players and uh, how they are how a lot of different types of quarterbacks and how they actually throw the football. And uh, apparently, he's. It, super super entertaining and really intelligent uh, excuse me yeah and i i love getting a player's perspective during the game like i have a current love, one like you know you yeah. can go into the head yeah like what what's tom brady thinking in this situation what's roethlisberger thinking what, what do you think drew Brees is gonna do here how's he reading the defense like i love that aspect of it i love former players if they're personable and can get their point across, you know, in a good fashion, how they do his color commentary. He was never going to unseat um, Aikman, but it did seem weird that he, he got the job at CBS, considering he's an NFC guy and uh, CBS is the AFC games. So, I mean, but no one yeah. is going to unseat Troy Aikman. I mean, I don't even think Collinsworth has that kind of 
cloud. I think Aikman, in the network size, not in my opinion, is the best uh, analyst in the in the game. Which, you know. Yeah, and reportedly Buck and Aikman have a great rapport, so I don't think you know Buck's Fox's number one guy, so I don't think he would right. let Aikman go like right. that. Right? <laughs> Did you ever see the video of Phil uh, Sims farting in the in the uh, in the studio? That is oh, hilarious. Yeah. And Jim Nance's like <laughs> yeah. face. He's talking about somebody that told the whole story with their face. He looks so disgusted and upset with Phil uh, Sims for that, uh, but still pretty funny. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's just sad, though, for Phil Sims, man. Like, he's not going to be missed at all. Like, no one's saying, like, oh, I, it sucks CBS this year. I don't get to hear Phil Sims. Like, I haven't heard one good thing no, about him. No, I don't guy. like him either, so I'm I'm fine with him. Even as a, a quote-unquote Giants great, he's got his number or his, his uh, number retired or whatever with the Giants. I, I don't care. I, I'm, I, yeah. Do you think NFL Network might pick um, him up? I don't even know if he's out of a CBS contract. I mean, maybe they pair him with Ian Eagle or something. I have no idea, but. I don't know. Yeah, um, that's true. I don't know, man. I don't think you can go from the number one down no, to number but two number like, three. Who, like, who's the color commentator move. for the NFL Network? There's uh, Mike Mayock, I think. Or he's not the color. Uh, Mike's, Mike yeah. Mayock's not the color. He's the uh, analyst. But I um, Give me yeah, would you? Because I'm trying to blank on who the, who the uh, color commentator is for them. But I doubt it. I mean, I really do. I mean, NFL Network doesn't even have that many games. Oh, did you see Amazon, by the way? This is news we haven't talked about either. Amazon, not Twitter, is now streaming oh, yeah. Thursday night games. They have nine Thursday night games. You talk about a company that has yeah. taken Amazon. over the fucking world, man. It's crazy. Yeah. They're pushing hard yeah. with their stuff, man. Just, they're Dude, they're, they're, they're like, they should just, every time you walk into uh, Amazon's headquarters, they should have that number one spot song by Ludacris playing just nonstop. Because that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Like they're going after Netflix. They're going after Walmart. Man, they are not messing around. And good for them too, man. Because uh, I actually enjoy all of Amazon stuff. Apparently, they're absolutely atrocious to work for. Um, that Steve Bezos dude is uh, apparently a nightmare. It, it, it's I guess the complete opposite of working for Microsoft. Um, working for Amazon, like their their employees have regular breakdowns. They're working like fifteen hours. They're, they're, whereas Microsoft, it's a lot. It's a lot more comfortable and uh, a lot easier of an atmosphere to uh, function in. Yeah, I'm having trouble finding it mainly because uh, last year um, CBS produced oh, the NFL yeah. Network Thursday so night games, so I keep getting yeah, the CBS probably is a CBS announcer. Well, who's their number two team? It's, I I know they have Brian Billick on yeah, staff though, yeah. and he was he was a color um, commentator at one point. Who's the CBS's number two team? It's Ian Eagle and who? It's, oh, Dan Fouts. Dan right. Fouts, yeah, it is it? Fouts. Maybe, oh God. Yeah, I like yeah. them as a team, too. I, I talked to Ian Eagle on uh, this year. Oh, no, on Randy's podcast. Um, uh, dude, nicest guy on the planet, man. As nice as Joe Buck was, Ian Eagle, I had him for longer. Might have ranked a little higher, but these uh, these color commentator guys, they're all the lights. And uh, your boy Tariko, he went to Syracuse. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's there's that. Yep. Uh, I think, isn't Syracuse the, um, Syracuse the number one journalism school in the country? I think that Syracuse in Missouri. Yeah. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, basically everyone who works in like sports, like at ESPN or behind the scenes, like basically went to SU. Or Missouri, I think it's Missouri. It's I think insane. Missouri is the other big one because, um, yeah, it's the Newhouse School of um, Communications, I believe it is, like the the building and the department and the right. major at Syracuse. Um, but uh, yeah, Nick Wright for uh, for Fox, who fills in for Colin Cowherd a lot. He, I think he's a Syracuse alum too. So. Uh, you know, nice, uh, nice little, nice little plug for Syracuse there. Uh, we always like to get one of those in. So that, yeah. So, uh, what else are we going to talk about? 
Oh, uh, did you happen to see the Lions uh, release their uh, new schedules? Their new uniform? Or not schedules. Yeah, I like them. A nice little update. Yeah, Yeah, pretty pretty sweet. I I love their Thanksgiving throwbacks. I'm a huge fan of those. Um, And, uh, yeah, I like them. Um, Them and the Bears. I love those. With just no detail on the helmet. Big fan. Oh, I love their gray ones. They're yeah, I do too. Awesome. Speaking of the Bears, man, is it why why are they not reaching out to Jay Cutler? That's weird to me. Like, is he that big of an asshole? Are we understating how big of an asshole Jay Cutler is? Because he can still throw the ball. The Bears, because they signed Mike Mike. No, no, no. The Texans. Why aren't the did I say the Bears? Why are the Texans? Oh, sorry, buddy. You said the Bears. Why aren't the Texans reaching out to uh, to Jay Cutler? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. You would think. Hammer, I mean, Palmer didn't retire, so I guess that makes sense why they're not going after Cutler. But, like, Cutler can still throw the ball. Like, he he did very well against the Giants' defense this uh, this past season. So, I don't think there's any kind of, like, physical erosion with him. But it's his, his uh, dickishness, is that being understated? He's, yeah, he's so unlikable. Like, it's just, it's just really weird, man. I don't know. Because the Texans need a quarterback. Like, they've, they've got to get somebody. I'm... I'm I know Romo hasn't filed his retirement paper, so I'm wondering, like, are they still holding out hope on that for some reason? And I could see in training camp, if some major quarterback goes down, Roethlisberger, Brady, God, even Eli, I could see them giving a quick call to Romo if they're out for the year. Say they tear an ACL or something. But, yeah, it's it's weird, man. Like, what? I don't know. There's He's almost like getting blackballed out of the league. Everyone talks about Kaepernick getting blackballed out of the league. Jay Cutler is worlds better than Kaepernick, and he can't Yeah, I don't think Kaepernick's ever going to play in the NFL again. I, you, you know what? I don't. No. I think we talked about this last time, but why don't these guys go to, like, NFL Europe or the CFL or something and sort of, like I, – I know they have that, like, spring football league or whatever. Well, there is no more NFL. Oh, you're Europe, right. You're right. But – um, Yeah, but why don't they go to the CFL and yeah, sort that's of been gone for years. a little bit? Their ego is that crazy. RG three doesn't have a job. I think it is an ego thing. I think it's like you're just, you know, in their minds, you're giving up or you just can't do it. Last person to do that was like Warren Moon, like yeah, or yeah, Warren Moon. Yeah, I, I just don't think. I think it's, I don't, I, I, in their minds, maybe it just puts a stink on them that they just can't wash away if they go to the CFL. Like, oh, you flunked out of the NFL, you can never. Yeah, come maybe back. that makes sense, but. And I'm wondering too, like I'm, the drafts in you know 13 days now. Maybe everyone's waiting to see where the chips fall with quarterbacks in the draft, and then you know we'll probably see a lot of signings after the draft. Oh man, we Jim haven't Cutter. done a show since um, the Giants signed Geno Smith, and Ben McAdoo thought, said that yeah, I, I don't see why Geno Smith couldn't be the the, the heir apparent to Eli Manning. If that happens, you guys need to vote on uh, who my new favorite team should be because. I am, um, <laughs> I'm really, I thought for sure Bill would crash his delivery truck just due to a building. Oh my God. Came out. You, Cause I, I think I texted you just laughing. You're not the only one. I got about a hundred so thousand approximately give or take about that. No, I know what I texted you. I, I was like, Oh, you know, reportedly they're saying Geno Smith could be their future quarterback. And I sent you <laughs> that South Park meme where Randy oh. just watches a ton yeah, of porn yeah, yeah. and just finales yeah. all over himself um, in his computer room. That's the complete opposite of what I would do in that situation. But, uh, so, okay, so if that happens, man, I thought it was going to be the Steelers or the Seahawks. You know what team I actually sort of like and I actually enjoy their uniforms and their color scheme is um, is Tennessee, man. I might be a Titans fan. I, I like yeah. the, I like the Navy and the Good Carolina. Up and coming yeah, they have a quarterback that's going to be around forever. Maybe I just go straight to Oakland. Maybe I – or not Oakland. Sorry, yeah. Las Vegas. And I feel too – uh, You know, good transition, but uh, go ahead. I know Bill Simmons did it at one time. It's kind of like pulling from someone else. But 
maybe at some point we could like write rules like a manifesto for how you can switch allegiances for teams and i believe one of the rules should be you can't switch teams to like one of the big major um you know historical franchises so you're oh, a giants fuck. fan now you can't switch to new oh, england or, Pittsburgh or, oh, or Dallas. the raiders are one of those two i think right it had to be almost like the NFL's equivalent of a mid-major so team. So, like, I could be a... Like, ten- yeah, Tennessee would be a, be a good Tennessee, example. Tennessee, Jacksonville. I could, a, um, I could be a Texans fan. Yeah, I like that. That's, a, that's yeah. not bad. What if what if the team relocated from uh, Oakland to Las Vegas? Like, I, And I join them when they go hey, to man. Vegas. I could do that. I like the Raiders. Yeah. I like that. I yeah. like that move for them. Vegas finally getting two pro teams, the NHL and the NFL. It's a big move. Yeah, I do, too. Um... And uh, Robert Kraft, uh, I listened to an interview with him, and he was saying he walked down the Santa Monica Pier. Um, he said he saw, and this is in Las Vegas, or excuse me, in Los Angeles, and he said he saw about 13 Raiders t-shirts, and he said he asked every single one of them if they cared if the Raiders were moving to Vegas. Not one of them had a problem with it, he said. Um, so, you know, yeah. take that with a grain of salt, because none of us were there and saw that. But at the same time, like, you know, it, it's... They... Yeah, and Raiders fans wake up, and I, I'm one of my good friends is a Raiders fan, but he's right. always lived in New York, so the move right. means nothing to him. He's I'll, understandably he's not mad about it all, but the ones in Oakland, don't blame the franchise, blame blame Oakland County. It's been thirty years, dude. They play in a freaking baseball that, stadium. And the base, they have the worst that baseball stadium, stadium in football. Is a dump in and of itself, too, and they're probably going to get evicted because yeah. I guess they haven't paid their uh, their their parking lot fees in in couple years like so apparently that they, they owe yeah. uh they owe some back money to there too so they could get evicted they could be playing anywhere else so it's kind of it's kind of crappy i love when they refer to mark davis as the quote-unquote poorest owner in the nfl that's always hilarious oh, he's God. worth like 200 yeah Crimea like river 450 mil or something like that so that's funny but um but yeah i don't yeah. know dude. it doesn't make any sense um it's crazy to me too. They had to play in Oakland for two. They're probably years. not going to tell me dude. those fans They're won't get unruly. My guess is they probably they can't yeah. really. I think they can play at the Coliseum because um, because uh, the Ram or the uh, excuse me the Chargers are playing at some soccer stadium like down somewhere else that holds like thirty thousand people. Yeah, but don't the Rams play? Yeah, at the, the Rams do, right but now? they could just schedule them on the opposite side as Oakland. It's probably not going to be that difficult. If if they did that far That's enough the ahead, thing. because uh, I forgot to mention this. The Lions, when they released their unis, their president, Rod Wood, let it slip that the NFL schedule should be out by this Thursday. Yeah. So they probably didn't plan yeah, ahead for so. that this year. Um, and how I am pumped that that news came out, dude. The NFL schedule is like, that's like Christmas Yeah, I, I'm really looking so forward excited. to it. I'm, uh, I, I really am. I would love to see who the Giants are playing this year because um, I kind of want to take uh, my wife to a game. She hasn't been to one in New York, so we're going to try to figure out that, um, hopefully. Cowboys, Giants at MetLife. Let's go. Oh boy, Let's if I need to take a second mortgage out on the house, I've looked at those tickets. <laughs> looked at those tickets, bro. They're they're tough. They're tough. But uh, yeah, yeah let's figure that out. All right, buddy. Well, I'm sure. Go ahead. And other ones too. I want to see the Raiders at the Bills. That dude. You want to talk about atmosphere? We actually with fun should fans. go to that. That's one. the game. If it's, that's the tailgate game. If it's we early enough, we one. definitely should go to that one. I'm not going in freaking December, man. It sucks doing that. Bills need to build a damn dome. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. So we'll figure that out. But all right, buddy. Anything else? Because I got like five minutes. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Oh, real quick. Uh. Steelers oh, chairman man. Dan Rooney, Rooney passed rule. away. 
way ahead it's, of his time with, oh, the, uh, with the race relations and, uh, yeah. and, and not even necessarily the NFL and just um and just entertain yeah just, just a great owner man. man great owner did everything the right way yeah that's a sad one Antonio yep. uh, Brown had a really nice thing on Instagram uh for him yeah so, oh yeah, I saw yeah. that yep how 84 on his jersey represents 84 years of his life i mean yeah he was obama's ambassador to ireland like the guy just like you said did it the right way he was a great owner like nobody ever has a bad word to say about him and it's just it's a sad sad day for the nfl no i'm I'm 100 with you on that that's really sad so yep that's good good call on that one good call on that and we'd also be remiss um this is sports related not to talk about the great charlie murphy and just how sad uh People of our generation are the, oh, the uh, you know, uh, I mean, like I wrote it on Facebook and I'm not really into the, you know, I'm really sad a celebrity I never met die thing, like in RIP you, but Same here. I, for that one, I sort of almost felt like I had to just because if you're of our generation and you know exactly where you sat, where you were, who you watched it with when you saw the Rick James sketch, you, I mean, as funny as the Prince one is. You knew where you were when you watched that Rick James catch. That was a special piece of television, oh and it God. was just all because of him. Charlie Murphy! Charlie Murphy! <laughs> darkness, ladies and gentlemen, darkness. Like, everybody can quote that. Like, we still, that that's a 13-year-old, <laughs> you know, 10-minute piece of oh comedy. And we still quote it to this day. So still good. Day. So Dave good. Chappelle. What did the five fingers say to the face? Yeah, oh my Slap. God. Yeah, that, Dave Chappelle said and uh, one of his stand-up specials, like, way back in the day, that he couldn't go anywhere without hearing, I'm Rick James, bitch. Like, or he said he was at Disney World, and Mickey Mouse was like, I'm Rick oh. James, bitch. Like, I I still say it to this day, just at random times, man. Like, a customer will just piss me off, and I'll go to someone and rhyme with them, I'm Rick James, bitch. I don't realize who I am. Spread yeah, man. I, I just... Uh, <laughs> one of the other drivers, X, walked in the other day, and I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, oh. it's darkness. Rick James, bitch. Um, but yeah, no, like the muddy, uh, muddy sh- boots. Why don't I stretch out? And it starts grinding the feet. Oh so my god, no! But yeah, if you get, if you have the Dave Chappelle season two um, uh, DVD, do yourself a favor. They have special features with Charlie Murphy telling other stories from back in the day. Um, oh my god! Oh my god! What was the one where he's talking about? There's who's the NFL player from like the seventies? who uh, broke his neck and was paralyzed right there on the field. Apparently, like, that guy was talking shit to Eddie Murphy, and um, and Charlie Murphy was the, quote, head of his security, and uh, went over there. He was like, <laughs> he was like, you want me to put your head in this fucking soup right now? Drown this motherfucker right here. You're like, you gotta, you gotta listen to it. It's one of the funniest things ever. Um, oh, my go God. See if you can find it, Charlie dude. Murphy it's so funny. Text. And then Charlie Murphy, if you can find it, it's a really old Joe Rogan podcast. But Charlie Murphy told a really funny story about Mike Tyson. He was like, yeah, we all got home from the fight. And, you know, we are we pull up to Mike's house. There's just limos lined up and down his driveway. But then everybody's looking out the window. Nobody gets out their limo. And uh, because the white tiger is just running loose in the yard. And, uh, and he's like, Tyson gets out. The thing <laughs> runs up, hugs Mike. Mike's yelling at us. What? You guys don't want to play with my cat? Like, it's, it's – but obviously I'm doing it no justice. But if you can find it, try to find that interview with Charlie Murphy from Joe Rogan from, God, like maybe five years ago. It's incredible. His stories are absolutely incredible, and nobody told a story better than that guy. So, uh, you know. Uh, the guy was just great, man. I, I love the story that apparently they were at an open mic night or something like that, and they wanted people to go up there and just, like, do, yeah. like, two impressions. And Charlie, you know, Charlie was Eddie's older brother and basically like pressured him. Like, hey, man, go up there. Give it a shot. You're a funny guy. See what you can do. And that led Eddie Murphy into yeah. comedy. Like, 
that's mind-boggling to me. Like, if it wasn't for Charlie Murphy, Eddie Murphy met her, maybe never would have gotten into And you know what sort of sucks for Charlie like, Murphy is that his brother is one of the most talented human beings that's ever walked the earth. And he's talented in his own right. And it just sort of sucks that he, sort of, he was overshadowed by who his brother was. But it, there, to me, there's no nepotism yeah. in the sense that Charlie Murphy in and of himself is hilarious. Like, he's funny. He doesn't need to be oh, his yeah. brother. His brother, he's just funny. Like he can, he didn't need him, but uh, but yeah, just oh he yeah, he his own. Yeah, I think of him more as than just Eddie's brother. Like, I, dude, Charlie Murphy meant more to me on the Chappelle Show than I think Eddie Murphy's yeah. stand up period. Because it was like, our generation. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's great. It's understood. So, yeah, so good. Yeah, absolutely. sorely missed. All right, so um, all right, uh, follow Tony on Twitter at TonyQ44. Me at Bill K Eagle. The show at Under the Hoodies and the Facebook page Under the Hoodies Podcast. Backsportspage.com. Yes. Um, we'll let you know when that's all happening in the SoundCloud, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll, we'll keep you posted on that. Out of our control. Um, what else, Tony? Yep, and I'm going to get back on Twitter and be posting more stuff. We're, we're basically hitting the reset button on the podcast. Everything's going to be more consistent, more A, north, a new there. theme song? Ah, uh, uh, hell no. My buddy George... Unless somebody else suggests a better my buddy, one, I love that one. And every, my I buddy Jordan listens to the it. podcast just to listen to that song, and he said he gets pissed when he hears my voice. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so that's why I put it as the uh, intro and the outro. So yeah, it's brilliant. All right, buddy. Good to do a show, and uh, we'll be doing right. another one in the next couple of days. So we put it out a lot more content going for it. So I'll talk to y'all later. Peace, Tony. I'm going golfing.